What's going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans as well? Thank you for finding the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, crazy fan of this frustrating team. I, I'm I've turned my addiction into information for you, and tonight we're going to talk about. Uh, really, I'm I'm recording this tonight. The schedule's all off today. This is the Monday episode recording on Monday night. You're probably watching or listening to this Tuesday morning, but it still is going to work. We're going to wrap up this Cardinals series, put a little bow on it, put it in the past, and hopefully look forward to some better stuff. However, I'm going to look at some other struggles that the Reds have had as well, kind of break those down and put them into context for you. And I've got a few other thoughts. I took a trip up to Wrigley Field on Saturday. It was awesome, just in a word. And I know, look, I'm not talking about the Cubs. I'm talking about going to a baseball stadium like Wrigley Field that has been around for so much baseball, so much history. It was absolutely phenomenal. We'll we'll talk about all of that coming up here in just a minute. But first, we got to talk about this, uh, this struggle that the Reds are in right now uh before we get into that though let's play that intro graphic you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day six series in a row not a typo not a uh miss uh miss assignment uh sometimes i mix up numbers nope Six series in a row the Reds have now lost, and yet they're still in the wild card spot. They're tied with the Padres for that second wild card spot because as much as they've lost, so have the Padres. Now, the Cardinals are a game out, and honestly, I'd almost be more worried about them at this point than the Padres, but that's where they are. They've done all of this just struggle of baseball performances, and they're still in the playoffs. Or at least they'd be in a one-game playoff to get into the one-game playoff to get into the playoffs if the season ended today. Again, thank you for finding the Locked On Reds podcast. If you are not subscribed right here to the YouTube channel, I urge you to do so. I thank you, everybody that has. We've been talking about the Reds all season long. We will continue to talk about the Reds down this stretch and... We've also got plenty of off-season content for you as well. Hopefully, the off-season doesn't come as quick as it has in years past. Also, you can follow me on your favorite podcasting app. And again, don't miss anything that I've got for you. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Oh, this um, this was a struggle, especially being the final series of the year. You kind of want to get that, you know, what have you done for me lately? Bragging vibes in, you know, you want to be able to go into the offseason with some bragging rights. But the Cardinals won that series and the Cardinals just absolutely outpitched the Reds, completely shut them down. It was a situation where there wasn't much hitting for both sides. It's just the Cardinals happen to do enough of it. They won that rubber match two to nothing basically on one swing i mean only on one swing but it was just a struggle of a game for this lineup that has been struggling mightily you look at this series as a whole and really i kind of break it down to two things here because they actually did score some runs on saturday i mean you'd like to see them score more but still they scored four runs It's just they didn't quite get the stellar pitching performance that we come to expect from Luis Castillo, but all in all, it's been bad hitting. When you look at that series in the three games, in 94 at-bats, the Reds had 14 hits. They had a 181 
batting average as a team, and six of the eight runs that they scored were via home runs, not just solo homers. I mean, there were a couple of two-run homers there on Saturday and things like that, but you look at Jose Barrero's RBI double and then him coming around to score on a fielder's choice, those are the only two runs, thanks to Jose Barrero, that were not homers. And that's a frustrating series for a team that largely coming into the month of September was averaging around five runs a game, scored eight runs in three games. You're not going to win too many series. I don't care if you're playing the Cardinals or who you're playing. If you only score eight runs in a series, they were one for nine with runners in scoring position. And that one hit was the two run home run by Jonathan India in the third inning on Saturday. Everything else, nothing. Got nothing on runners in scoring position. And to be honest with you, I mean, they only had one at bat that entire day on Saturday with runners in scoring position. Now, you can harp on not getting hits whenever runners are there, but if runners aren't there to begin with, you are really playing from behind. And the fact that they just didn't have that many opportunities is a little bit concerning. And we're, we're going to get kind of break down these numbers a little bit. Kind of all started ever since they destroyed the Marlins at home, once they went on the road to Milwaukee and then to Miami after that, it's really gone downhill from there. We're going to break down those numbers here in a few minutes, but this three-game series just kind of accentuated all that. In fact, when they go to Pittsburgh tomorrow, hopefully they score a run in the first inning. If they do score a run in the first inning against the Pirates tomorrow or Tuesday night, if you're listening to it today, um, that will be the first run that they've scored in 15 innings. That's not good, man. This is the wrong time of year to be going into this kind of slump. And the numbers that we've been seeing are numbers that we saw last year. And remember how much last year sucked when it comes to hitting the ball. Hitting the ball. That's good English. Hitting the ball for this Reds lineup. And, and look, I mentioned it. Castillo was okay. But if you're asking me, and if you're asking most Reds fans, if Luis Castillo is okay, that's missing the mark for him. The bar should be higher for him. He is the ace of this staff. Talent-wise, he's the most talented pitcher on this team. He's not pitched that way this year. It's something that we'll, we'll talk about a lot uh, once the season comes to a close and we evaluate guys' years, but for a large part of this year, he's been a disappointment, and that was a disappointing start on Saturday. I know he went seven innings. I know he only gave up four runs, but in the grand scheme of things, when you've got a lineup like this, Luis Castillo is the guy you want to turn to. Luis Castillo is the guy that you want to call on to kind of help you right the ship a little bit, and if you score four runs, you kind of hope he only gives up two or three, but that didn't happen. That's why I say he was only just okay. And it's unfortunate to see because he's a dude who, I mean, I threw a couple bones on him to be a Cy Young candidate this year. He's nowhere near that conversation. He is a guy who should be in that conversation. And if he's not, then we got to talk about why that year went wrong. And so far, it's just been an okay year for Luis Castillo, something that he can hopefully bounce back from. But that's that's going to be a topic for an offseason podcast coming up. All right. Speaking of struggles, we're, we're going to break this down a little bit more. I'm going to take a look at the facts. So I'm going to go back to August 24th. And ever since then, the Reds have really been on that struggle bus. You always hear that term, usually on a Monday. I'm recording this on Monday. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday, but uh, they've been struggling here lately. 
barely if it, I mean, they're treading water in the sense that they're still in the wild card hunt and they're still in the wild card spot. But if we're being honest, if this continues, there's no reason to expect anything good for the end of this season. Hopefully it doesn't, but I'm going to tell you why these numbers have been really bad as of recently. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, stop me if you've heard this before, uh, or maybe this is you. You're watching the game on television. You've got your highlights on your phone. You've got your tablet that you're streaming your favorite shows. And when it comes to the good stuff, you've got your neighbor's best friend's password to log in enough already it's 2021 let's bring everything under one television with direct tv stream direct tv is bringing together all your favorite sports movies television shows and everything all at once under your one tv screen with direct tv stream if you t- if you take a look at directtv.com you can learn more about the direct tv stream that will help get all of your entertainment in one spot look Wi-Fi these days is it's kind of hard to come by the good stuff when you're talking about bitrate and all that stuff. If you're using all of this uh, bandwidth with all these different devices, how are you ever going to expect to have fun? Put it all on your television with DirecTV Stream. Go to DirecTV.com to learn more about DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Check it out for more information. All right. Um, this has been a struggle and really it's, it's been continuing. It's, it's been a situation where you you said in the Milwaukee series, you kind of chalked it up. All right. Well, the brewers are just good. The brewers kind of seem like one of those teams of destiny this year, whatever you go to Miami, they struggle in that series. Well, Miami wanted some payback for the way you treat them in your place. That's fine. But then it just kept happening, kept happening. The Cubs, really played well against the Reds, really shut them down with a bunch of lesser-known guys, if we're being nice about it, when it comes to the pitchers that they rolled out there on the pitcher's mound to face this Reds lineup. And the Tigers really outplayed them in three games at Great American Ballpark. So what we're really talking about here is a Reds team that – if they're hanging on by a thread, that thread is so slim. And I, I've said it before, I'm not going to declare any sort of uh, time of death of any sort of playoff hopes. I still believe they're making the playoffs. I really do. But for the first time, I, I can really see a situation, a scenario where the Reds miss the game or miss the playoff wild card game by like one game said the word game a lot there, but miss it by one game. And we can look back on a lot of things this year of missed opportunities, the diamondbacks, the giants. Look, I know the giants are really good, but I'm saying like win one or two more games against the giants, win one or two more games against the diamondbacks. The diamondbacks are one of the worst teams in baseball. Win one or two more games against the Padres. If you do all of that, or even part of that, they're at least a couple games ahead of the wild card. They might be, you know, in contention in the division, at least a little bit more than they are. It's been a frustrating year seeing missed opportunities and this recent stretch of bad hitting has been the, just the most recent addition to the list of missed opportunities because the pitching staff seems to be coming together. My criticism of Luis Castillo's start, notwithstanding for the most part, they've gotten some nice performances out of the bullpen out of the starting pitching. I mean, Sonny Gray had a nice outing on Sunday and I didn't even talk about this dude on Friday. Tyler Malley totally got robbed of a win 
And this is another reason I don't put a whole lot of stock on pitcher win-loss records, but dude pitched amazing, and he left the game with a tie game because he only gave up two runs, but the Reds only scored two for him. And then Sims came in, pitched beautifully. Lorenzen came in, got the win, and Givens came in and got the save after the amazingness of Jose Barrero in that game. We talked about the Jose Barrero game in a, in a lockdown now back on Friday night, but I was so happy after that game thinking that the Reds were going to come out of this. They were going to break out of the slump. They just got Jose Barrera off the taxi squad to start for Kyle Farmer while he was on the paternity list. That seemed like the kind of thing to get this team going. And then they stopped again. And it's just been a large, large uh, bit of time. Can't think of the word there. Large stretch of struggles. There we go. And uh, this picture kind of sends it all. I mean, that's Castellanos on Sunday. I just frustrated lineup. And, and let's break it down a little bit. Here's some numbers. I'm not going to go too crazy with the numbers, but here's some numbers. Since August 24th, they've got the third fewest at-bats with runners in scoring position and the third worst average with runners in scoring position at 212. So not only are they not getting guys in scoring position, but when they get them there, they're not getting hits when they're there. So you're talking about the uh, just absolute one-two gut punch of nobody's in scoring position, and when they get in scoring position, we're not bringing them around. That's really hurt this team a whole bunch. They're tied with the Braves and Rockies for the third lowest BABIP, so maybe you can make an argument that they're getting unlucky and they're due and everything's going to be all right, and I've been saying that now for what feels like two weeks. This is something that... It, it it feels like this offense is better. They've been better throughout the season, and maybe this is just the valley that they've got to go through, but they got to come through this valley. they got to figure it out. We're running out of time here. The Reds absolutely have to make hay against the Pirates in these final nine games. I'm talking like maybe only lose one. And if you lose one, you're still thinking, okay, well, then they got to make hay against the Nationals and they got to play well against the White Sox and they got to not get swept by the Dodgers. Just a lot of, you know, you really got to play hard now. You really got to be successful right now. And saying that they've just been unlucky isn't going to cut it. But they have been. But again, not going to cut it. Tied with the Cubs for 23rd in Major League Baseball for average exit velocity. Again, I've said that league average is 88.3 miles an hour. I've said this before on the podcast. Currently, since August 24th, their average exit velocity, 86.7. Just a lot of weak contact being had by this lineup as of, as of recently. But to add to the woes of making contact and getting hits, they have the second worst on base percentage in all of baseball. There's only one team that's worse. Randomly, it's the Dodgers. You know, I don't know what that means, but I, and I know it's only since August 24th. It's only the last couple of weeks, but this is the stretch that has really put a lot of doubt in people's minds. That yes, they're tied for the second wild card spot, but they should be ahead by at least a couple of games. Does this mean that the Padres hit a good stretch, even though they're playing really tough teams and the Dodgers and the Giants a bunch to end their season? Do they hit a good stretch and play some good baseball and take away with this? Do the Cardinals take advantage of this? God help us if the Cardinals flip-flop us for the second, flip-flop the Reds. I'm not on the team, but flip-flop the Reds for the second wildcard spot. If it happens, this is the stretch of games that is going to be the first thing that we talk about. And 
during these games since August 24th, third fewest runs scored. They've had 64 runs scored. Only three teams have scored less runs. I think I said, yeah, tied for that. Only three teams have scored less runs than the Reds with two outs during this stretch. They've only got 23 runs. I know that's something that we talked about probably midway through the season. We're like, boy, oh boy, how good is this team at scoring with two outs? They're terrible right now. Only scored 23 since August 24th. And um, just a little a little nugget. Um, don't have a bet online read here today, but um, when it comes to the Reds and being favored in games, when you're talking about the betting line and things like that, only the Yankees have more losses as the betting favorite since August 24th. The Yankees have 10, the Reds have nine. It's not been a good stretch for this Reds team, and they've really got to figure out what's going on because we're talking about a team that has the talent to compete in a one-game wildcard situation. Whether it's the Giants or the Dodgers, I firmly believe that the Reds could compete and possibly win that game. This is not a situation, and they're going to be crazy underdogs once they make it to that game, but as of right now, it's it's you're still squinting to see them making it. Regardless if they play the Pirates nine times, they've got the Pirates and the Nationals for 13 of their remaining games. It's doable, but is it doable? You have to score. It's just you got to score runs. And that's some real deep analysis that, uh, you know, to win more games, you got to score more runs. But uh, there we are. Reds haven't been doing that lately. All right. Got a few things, a few thoughts to uh, talk about here in just a moment uh, for our final segment of today's episode. Before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know about Built Bar. I've been telling you guys about Built Bar forever now. I had a Built Bar for breakfast this morning. Sometimes it can replace a meal. I don't recommend it all the time. I mean, I'm let me some food, so it's not as if I'm doing this a whole lot. But if you're in a pinch and you just need something, Built Bar can help you out. And we're talking about the healthiest snack on the market, the best tasting protein bar because it tastes like a candy bar, but it's got the stats of a protein bar. We're talking about like 120, 130 calories, less than four grams of fat, less than four grams of sugar and up to 18 grams of protein. And they've got amazing flavors. I had a cherry barcia this morning. It's my favorite one. They've got coconut. They've got cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, mint chocolate, brownie, Flavors that are going to make your mouth water, but they're not going to kill your diet. These things even fit into keto. That's how healthy they are for you, despite how tasty they are. Check them out today at built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to save 15% off your next order. That's built.com and the promo code locked 15. All right, so we're going to end uh, today's uh, podcast on a note, a, a note of looking ahead. I've looked behind in these last couple of segments, talked about the bad Cardinal series, talked about this bad stretch that the lineup has gone through. Let's look ahead because there's a lot of questions being bandied about how many wins is it going to take? And, and I, I, I wrote this weird on my notes because I'm weird. I said, how many wins to get to the center of a wild card race? Anybody remember those old commercials, the uh, the old Tootsie Pop commercials? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And he had this like cartoon owl that took like three licks and then took a bite of it. And he's like, yeah, it takes three. Probably not going to take three wins for the Reds to get the wild card. But I think um, probably 84, 85. Because right now, if they continue on their same pace, both the Reds and Padres are on pace to win 84 games. Chances are those will change. I don't think that 84. I think... 
probably 84, 85, 86, somewhere in there, 84 to 86. We're definitely not talking about 500 baseball to get you to that wild card race. They've got to make some hay against the Pirates. And when you look at their remaining games, if they go eight and one against the Pirates, uh, fingers crossed they can go three and one against the Nationals, that's going to put them in the driver's seat so far as making that second wild card spot. That's why, despite the fact that they've been so lethargic here lately, I'm still optimistic. And part of that stems from the fact that I was at Paul Brown Stadium for that amazing Bengals win over the Vikings, seeing it in overtime. That was awesome. I was so happy about that. And then the fact that the Padres lost, so the Reds stayed tied with them for the wild card. I can only be so frustrated with the way that they played in St. Louis because the future still holds plenty of possibilities, plenty of potential for this Reds team to make the postseason. They just have to hit the ball better. You're not going to get there. Their their current batting average, I, I talked about since August 24th, team batting average is 212. We are really getting close to 2020 numbers when we're talking about that batting average. So that's got to tick up, and that's got to tick up quick. Hopefully part of that is going to be rectified with the return of Jesse Winker. But honestly, it's it's been all about the man at the top of the order. And I was thinking about him on Saturday. Because I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I got a chance to take a trip up to Wrigley and uh, mark that off. Behind me is my baseball stadium map, and I'm trying to hit them all, obviously, eventually. I don't really have a like goal date on it. It's not like I'm saying, like, hey, in two years, I want to have been to all of them. Nah, I'm not going to do that. But I got the chance to go up there on Saturday. And that was absolutely amazing because if you go there, if you like me and you love baseball, you just, you just feel like you walk up to Wrigley field, you look at that and you're like, holy crap, man. I mean, not only is this a really old building and it's been around for a really long time. Like think about this, the reds. I think I, I think I counted this right. I don't think I missed any. The reds have had four stadiums, I think. So palace of the fans, Redland slash Crosley, uh, riverfront and great American in the same time that the Cubs have had one. I mean, people always love, you know, in different sports, they always talk about managers or coaches and how long this one really awesome coach has been here and how many coaches this other team has had. Stadium-wise, that's kind of what the Reds have had compared to the Cubs. Wrigley Field's been around forever, and it's beautiful, man. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh, I hate the Cubs. I don't really like Wrigley Field. I loved it, man. Every minute of that at Wrigley Field getting to watch that game. But – had this awesome experience because we were walking around and we found their hall of fame. Their, their hall of fame is not like the reds. The reds got the best hall of fame in the business, man, other than going up to Cooperstown or something like that. But as far as a team specific hall of fame, nobody beats the reds, but the hall of fame for the Cubs is just behind left field. They're behind the bleachers on the concourse and they've got them on a wall. They got all the different pictures and plaques and things like that. And they've also got those display cases with past awards. And I was looking at the rookie of the year award, thinking about how our man, Jonathan India is just a shoe in. He's just a shoe in to win that, you know, rookie of the year. When a hot dog vendor walks behind me with a tray full of hot dogs and he drops one and I pick it up and I go to hand it to him. I'm like, here you go. He's dropped this. And he looked at me and he's like, it's yours. Beer in hand hot dog in hand at Wrigley field hot dog was free. I love baseball, man. How can you not love baseball? That was, that was an amazing experience for me. I just, ah, uh, that was such a great day. And then thinking of Jonathan India, it also gave me the question and something to talk about for today's podcast. 
is anybody even close to this dude when it comes to rookie of the year? He has had such an amazing season. And yes, I know he's going through a slump right now. Literally every hitter for the Reds is going through a slump right now. So it's not like it's his fault or nothing like that. But he is the straw that stirs the drink. When he's on base, the team is better. So he needs to get on base more. But he has been absolutely phenomenal amongst qualified rookies, which don't get me wrong. There's only like three qualified rookies so far as statistics for the entire league is concerned. He's way better than all three of them. And it's, it's Dylan Carlson and Paven Smith from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's got a better OPS, better average, better on base percentage. He has more homers. Um, I think he's even scored more runs. He has a better walk percentage. Just all of this stuff is pointing to him being the far and away favorite. And you can even expand it out. I expanded it out to 200 at bats. I said, all right, for every rookie that's had at least 200 at bats, where does he rank? Now, number one on the batting average scale is our man Tyler Stevenson. So that's cool to see. Number two is Jonathan India. Now, in the major leagues, Randy Orozarena is number two. He's still somehow rookie eligible. Last year really threw that all out of whack. Anyway, uh, but Jonathan India is the clear favorite. I mean, I, I don't know who else is even up for the award at this point. It's him. He is the award. Give it to him. In fact, you know, just whoever prints out the awards, whether, you know, Rob Manfred, somebody, whatever, get on it. It's um, J-O-N-A-T-H. Um, a N I wow. Okay. never mind. I'm not going to tell anybody how to spell, but Jonathan India is the NL rookie of the year and I'll accept no substitutes. And that's going to do it for us here today on the locked on reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. If you have not subscribed here on YouTube, or if you're not following on your favorite podcasting app, please do so. I appreciate everybody that has done that. It's been a lot of fun getting to talk Reds baseball with you, whether you're on Twitter, follow me at Jeff Carlo three F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds. Or if you want to hit up the locked on reds line at five, one, three, five, four, nine, zero, one, five, nine. And let's talk some reds baseball. Huh? I love them. I, I, I know that they've been frustrating lately and I know that you've probably been thinking, boy, oh boy, football starting. The reds are scuffling. Maybe it's time to pay a little bit less attention to the reds. You're missing out. If you're thinking that, don't do that because the Reds are going to make the postseason. I firmly believe it. And you can make sure to listen and watch each and every day as whatever happens, happens, and I react to it. And we're going to talk about this Reds team down the stretch. Hopefully, it's good things that we're talking about. But that'll do it for us here today. Tomorrow, we will preview this series with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm going to tell you what's going on. Of course, the Pirates are starting a lefty tomorrow. Let's just get ready for it. It's coming. It's coming.